0: Welcome to This Week in Water for April 6th, 2014. I'm Franny Halperin.
1: And I'm Jamie Sudler.
0: And here are some of the stories from this week's news.
1: If you are responsible for 85 years of poisoning the earth, you are responsible for cleaning it up. So stated U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara at a press conference last week announcing the largest settlement ever over pollution cleanup. Anadarko Petroleum Corporation agreed to pay $5.1 billion for damage that was left behind by Kermagee Corporation. Anadarko bought Kermagee in 2006. Kermagee's decades-long history of polluting through different industries dates back to at least 1928. Of the settlement, 1.1 billion will be used for cleanup costs at a site near Henderson, Nevada, where chemicals used in making rocket fuel were produced. Pollution from that site has contaminated Lake Mead, which flows into the Colorado River and is a major source of drinking water for the Southwest. Kerr-McGee businesses left contamination across the nation, including radioactive uranium waste in the Navajo Nation, radioactive thorium in Chicago, Illinois, creosote waste in the Northeast, the Midwest and the South, and perchlorate waste in Nevada. The settlement announced Thursday was actually the low end of what the bankruptcy court overseeing the litigation would have allowed, but spokespersons for the government said $5.1 billion would be enough.
0: Many people obtain drinking water from wells drilled on their property. If you're one of them and you're concerned about the effects of fracking on your home's groundwater supply, the University of Colorado has a free, downloadable guide to help you collect baseline data on your wells. The guide can provide you with information about how energy extraction or other activities might affect groundwater. According to Mark Williams, who founded the CU Boulder Research Center, Baseline data on home wells is important because it documents groundwater quality and quantity before fracking begins. This is important to show in case you believe that a drilling company is responsible for degradation of water quality. The guide was developed because the university was being contacted by a number of people who wanted unbiased information about fracking and how to determine if their water has been changed by fracking. To obtain the guide, simply go to their website, cwerc.colorado.edu, and follow the steps.
1: Last week there was reaction by Republicans and Western Governors to the EPA's proposed rule to define which waters and wetlands are covered by the Federal Clean Water Act. The 371-page proposal aims to clarify the hotly contested definition of what are the waters of the United States. These rules would cover almost all seasonal and rain-dependent streams while preserving exemptions and exclusions for agriculture. The Federal Clean Water Act gives the EPA authority to regulate U.S. waters. Two Supreme Court decisions in 2001 and 2006 limited regulators' reach, but left unclear the scope of authority over small waterways that might flow intermittently. The rule proposed by the EPA seeks to clarify which waters or wetlands would trigger federal requirements, such as permitting and state water quality certification. Seasonal and rain-dependent streams and wetlands near rivers and streams would be covered. Others would be considered on a case-by-case basis to determine if they play a significant role in the quality of downstream waters. Senator Pat Toomey, a Republican of Pennsylvania, called the proposed rule the most breathtaking power grab he had seen in a long time. Sounding like a conservative states' rights advocate, Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper, a Democrat, has warned federal officials that the rule change could impinge upon state authority in water management. Many environmental organizations and some farming groups are supporting the proposed rules.
0: The Rio Grande Silvery Minnow, is a small, relatively nondescript fish that rarely exceeds 4 inches in length. It was once an abundant species along 3,000 miles of different rivers from Colorado to Mexico. Now the minnow is present in only about 200 miles of the Rio Grande. The little fish needs shallow and low-velocity eddies and avoids main channels which are too deep and too swift. What's more important for the minnow is a continuous flow of water and that continuous flow is threatened. The minnow has been at the center of much litigation involving the Endangered Species Act and now may be the subject of future litigation against the state of Colorado as well as the federal government. The issue involving Colorado seems to be whether or not the state is releasing enough water into New Mexico at appropriate times to allow the minnow to spawn. Wild Earth Guardians, an environmental organization based in Santa Fe, filed notice about two months ago of intent to sue over the minnow. Now, a court battle seems imminent. Last Wednesday, a spokesperson for Wild Earth Guardians told John Fleck of the Albuquerque Journal that they intend to sue. Once again, the minnow is center stage in court battles over human allocations for water. And finally, runners looking to compete in today's half-marathon in Sheffield, England, waited at the starting line for the gun to go off. And then they waited, and then they waited, and they waited some more, but race officials, it seemed, had disappeared. It turns out the officials were slow to start the race because they went to local stores trying to find bottled water to get out on the race course. Water tankers scheduled to arrive never showed up. Unfortunately, the organizers weren't able to find enough bottled water, and the race was canceled. One angry tweeter about the event stated that the organizers were so inept, they couldn't even run a bath. We hope you had enough water for all the racing around you had to do this weekend. This Week in Water is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise, whose mission is to promote the efficient use of Colorado's water. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.